0: All right. Hello, and welcome to the 165th episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer Podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman, and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana, where I talk about, read about, write about, dream about, amongst other things: video games, video games, video games. So I'm super excited because we are joined tonight by someone I've really been anxious to get on the show. We are joined by Elizabeth LaPonce. Elizabeth, hey, how you doing? Before
1: I I tell people who you are, how are you? I'm good. I'm functional now. The game (laughs) is live. Thunderbird Strike is live on both Google and on, believe it or not, the Apple app store <laughs> it happened for me. So I think I'm all right. I think things are okay. Thank you for asking.
0: Great. All right. So let me tell you about, let me tell you about Beth. Beth's an assistant professor at, of media and information at Michigan state university. Um, and Beth does all kinds of amazing stuff. I, I am always in awe of her art on the interwebs. Um, <laughs> it's it's beautiful. But she also does other cool stuff like comics and board games. And one of the things we really wanna talk tonight, talk about tonight, video games more specifically, we're gonna talk about Thunderbird Strike tonight um, because that is an exciting and interesting thing. Um, so Beth, you have tons to talk about. We're gonna, we're going to like monopolize your entire, night. No-, no, I'm kidding. We're gonna- <laughs>
1: Be as I, nice as I have like nothing else to do. If this were a Saturday <laughs> night, I'd be like, I have something to do on a Saturday night <laughs> other than community. Wow.
0: <laughs> Yay. Sounds like my life. All yeah. right. <laughs> All right. So, and we're also joined tonight uh, by one of our NYMG co hosts and regulars, Alicia Carabinus. Hello, Alicia. How are hey. you, darling? Hey. I'm okay. How are you? <laughs> Ooh, she's a... Re- nobody's gonna... nobody's gonna, People are not gonna believe that's you.
1: That was too <laughs> sweet. <laughs> i like, elevated the politeness levels. I know. <laughs> it'll, it'll rubber band later. Yeah, it won't <laughs> last. Don't worry. It will <laughs> last. <don't
0: laughs> last. Good, good to know. Good to know. Uh Who are you, Alicia?
2: <laughs> I am a PhD student at Purdue University studying rhetoric and conversation. With a specialty in video games. Big surprise. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, we're super excited to talk to Beth tonight about a whole bunch of different stuff. Yes. So we're going to get started with our usual what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking. And because we like to pretend we have manners around here, at least I do, Alicia doesn't do too well at that. Hey. Kidding. Uh, <laughs> we're going to uh, ask Beth. She, we're going to let her go first in each round. We're going to put her on the spot is what we're going to do.
1: Woohoo. That's great.
0: <laughs> so Beth, um, you've been working like nonstop on Thunderbird Strike stuff lately, but have you been playing anything fun?
1: That's it. I've been playing Thunderbird Strike over and over and over <laughs> and over again for several nights in a row trying to get the mobile launch going. So yeah, that's what I've been playing. That's
2: about it. Wow. Can you indoctrinate yourself? Because you're like super indoctrinated now.
1: (laughs) Right. Like, man, when that high score contest comes out, I am so going to win that. (laughs) I'm pretty
2: sure that that's cheating. Um,
1: Just
0: (laughs) Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a wee bit. All right, Alicia. Hey, darling, what about you? What you been playing lately?
2: Well... Um, I kind of stopped playing our regular uh, Fortnite mm-hmm. and I'm glad because apparently they just changed the control who changes the controls around this game It's been out for a while update. We swapped controls to different buttons. Mm. Have fun you don't, don't, don't don't do that. It's not out though. You got to remember. It's
0: like preview.
2: I don't care. Don't change the buttons around <laughs> That stuff set in stone It's like in concrete <laughs> Right, Right. like that's what you built into your system, like that's (laughs) internalized. It just don't, yeah. I, 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 am glad that I had stopped playing because now I, I don't want to try to relearn it. Uh, Fuck a bunch of that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And there it is. (laughs) Yep, there, there goes the politeness. Now Mm -hmm. it's real. Uh, So what I have been playing, surprise to everyone, including me, uh, several years ago, right, right when it first came out. I bought Fallout 4 and I played approximately four hours and I was like, eh, I don't wanna do this right now. And I have not touched it since. It's been like at least two years. Has that been three years? It's been a while.
0: It's been a uh, while. It's been a while.
2: So I decided, uh, I have so much grading to do when I have seminar papers due. You know what is the best <laughs> time for right now? I'm gonna start a really intensive RPG. Sweet. So that's what I've been doing.
0: Is, is, that re- is that what you've been doing really? Cause you know, I thought, I was like, is Terry playing on Alicia's account because she wouldn't be playing that game?
2: <laughs> no, he started playing it again too. He picked up his save file, so we've both been playing. Um, but but it's got a, you know town building elements, and now that I'm actually like into the game, all I really want to do is build my towns. But then okay. I have to go places to get stuff to build my towns. So I'm like the most jaded combat veteran. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to shoot all of you guys so I can pick up this fan. it's just really bad
1: I've always wanted to make a native mod for that game when it first came out I was like this is it this is the moment I'm gonna do this and then you know it it didn't and I did other things
0: oh I would still play that
1: I know right 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 I would play it
2: (laughs) one thing I do really like about this one well there's two things that I like about this one I mean, it's it's kind of whatever. It's something to do for hours at a time. Um, but there's a lot of little clever references to stuff. Like there's at yeah. one point where you you find a skeleton of a dude and you look, across, and there's like bottles of wine all over the ground and you look across the hall and he's mm-hmm. been bricking somebody up in the wall. And you look down at the wine and it's a Amontillado. So you're like that's awesome, right? <laughs> um, just cute little references like that. But the other thing is, we've talked at length about my inability to be a bad guy in games. Like I just can't. Huh. I can't do it. Uh, this game really rewards you for doing the right thing as much as possible for like being super moral and helping everybody. Yeah, that's why I suck at it. <laughs> like, thank God, <laughs> it finally it came for me. I mean, part of be- being moral and helping everyone is killing lots of people. So it's still, uh, you know, a little troubling. Um, but, you know, you're you're killing people who are trying to kill other people. And there's this whole chain of killing people. Jeez.
1: I know. For me, that's like what I've been doing. Out, you know, because it's like, man, like the original fallout, that was my jam. And so for me, like that's the major draw is like this sensation of nostalgia, which is all what I'm always about. Just if I can get some little sense of that mm-hmm. going with the game, right? You yeah. know, this this for me,
2: always in games like this, it's it's collecting stuff, it's picking up every scrap yeah. of everything. I'm such a hoarder in games, it's, it's really gross, um, and I just take everything, and the other characters, like your companions, that will make fun of you, they're like, why don't you salvage, like, the usable junk, and I'm like, shut up, I need this can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I, I can scrap it, but because so of the town building,
1: you really do need the cans. You do. It's really valuable to me, I love it. <laughs> You're my best friend when the world ends. <laughs> because you will know where to go, who has all the stuff. I will have everything. I will be living on a mound of garbage.
2: <laughs> but if we need to make something, I will have the stuff. Plus, you'll be really
1: high up. So. <laughs> exactly. I will be able to see you for miles around. Yeah. It will be so, so that's good. That's advantage right there.
0: Oh, my <sighs> gosh.
1: So that's what I've been doing with my
2: spare time. I've been collecting old, unworking telephones, aluminum cans, And killing everyone between me and that old broken desk fan.
0: And I'll just kill everybody. So (laughs) we'll be good. We'll be good until it's just us left. (laughs) Then you might get in trouble.
2: (laughs) You won't be able to get to me on my mound of garbage. I will be so safe.
1: (laughs) I'll make traps.
0: Out of garbage.
1: (laughs) I will have the utensils. (laughs) Beware. <laughs> forks are coming. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing?
0: Okay. Well, I've been playing stuff. Um, and things? And my stuff and things. So I went on this little, this little um, horror game kick hmm. for a couple of, for a couple weeks. So I played two different games. Um, And then there was a third that I didn't get to because, you know, finals week and all. Uh, But I played Soma. Um, Soma came out a while ago, but they just released the safe, what they call it safe mode, which is just a walkthrough of the narrative and stuff can't kill you. Now, it can still like jump out at you and like scare the shit out of you, but it can't kill you. Um, So I was playing Soma um, and... I was I was playing it on stream, so I was streaming it while I was playing it, and I had to nope one out of that game because I I'm gonna have to play it off stream because there was a lot of I'm trying to say this without being spoilery for people who haven't played it yet. Well, there's no way to say it without saying it. There was torture involved. Oh, wow! And I was like, no, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do this yeah <laughs> i was Ooh. like no um i'm like i'm gonna i'm just like i was like okay this is the point i was like so we're done for tonight y'all we can play <laughs> something else <laughs> i was like but i'm not playing this because i'm not doing this and i was like so i'm gonna have to play this off stream when i can concentrate and i'm not trying to follow you know i'm not trying to follow chat and i'm not trying to like handle trolls that are coming in i'm not trying to do all this while i'm playing Because I need to figure out a way to do this, to play this game without doing what it seems apparent that I need to do. Wow. Because that is something I refuse to do.
2: Right. Isn't it funny that like every game in the world requires you to kill people or blow shit up or torture folks or like just in general wreak utter havoc on the world. But like, I don't know, dudes from Minnesota aren't like making noise about... Terrorist and shit. I don't know. That just right. funny. Like, I just randomly
1: have that thought. Oh, yeah. Right?
2: Yeah. curious. Yeah. Oh, um, random
1: is all get out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't
1: know where it came from. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You can't have cutesy Thunderbirds in a mobile game striking lightning at things, but certainly you can, you know, be put in a situation where you're supposed to torture people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't do stuff like that. You yeah. know, I draw the line. I'm, you know, I feel, you know, I like a game yeah. for me is like a very visceral, very yes. uh, tangible kind of experience. And so I cannot get anywhere near stuff like that. Yeah. See, I mean, and I like,
0: and, and I'll, and I talk about it on a stream, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm like the streamer. Everybody there's like, people come in and be like, what the hell? Oh, we just came to watch this game. Like I was, and I'll talk, talk about another one. I was doing a Judeo Christian read on, um, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 the other night too and I know people were like what did I just walk into (laughs) right? but anyway, so, um, I, no, I mean, I, cause I tell people to men, and I'm like, I'm screaming, I'm like, yo, I'm black, I can't do this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, right. I, I can't play this so like this. It's like really this. cause at some point you're just shooting brown people, and it's just like, over, no, over, I love the water yeah. physics in it. Like if I could just like roll the character around in the water and watch the pants, you know, put the pants in the water, take the pants mm-hmm. out of the water, put the, pants <laughs> in the water, take the pants out of the water, and just be like, those are really <laughs> amazing water physics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and just stay right there. But like the moment is just like, you got to shoot and you got to shoot brown people. It's just like, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, I, I will nope out of a game
2: so bad be like, mm, there's literally 1000 other games I own that I could play right now. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that is
0: better. Not this. Yeah. So yeah, I, I noped out of Soma after, after a bit, um, but then I played this game called Your Toy. Now, see, when I first saw it, when I first saw like the trailer for it, I was like, nope, nope, and then nope again. So it's this game where your childhood toys come back to kill you. <laughs>
2: oh, <right>. oh, that's <laughs> delightful. <laughs> so that's it's not a- nightmare fuel <laughs> at Great.
1: Right.
0: So I started playing this game and it's a this puzzle like game. a
2: really bad idea. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> I know, right? It's a puzzle game. Um and so it's—they call it a puzzle game with horror elements. Um, and there's this like murderous teddy bear <laughs> that is like trying to kill you. And there's all kinds of stuff that you have to do, right? So you you wake up in this in this bathroom in a high school, and you're locked in. So you have to try Hello. to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> that
1: sounds scarier than a teddy bear. I, I, <laughs> I have to say. like, why am I here? How many levels of dope does this game have? I've already counted. It's got a lot.
0: It's got a lot. You have to try to figure out how to get out of it. You have to try to figure out how to get out of it. Um, So you have to do all these things, right, with the lights on. And then you have to turn around and turn the lights off and do them again in order to, like, trigger the unlock for the next part of the puzzles right but when you turn the lights off all kinds of horrible shit starts to happen right. like blood appears on the floor shit is written on the mirrors in blood the the stall doors start rattling and then there's like a thing where you can. it was really really funny because at one point during the stream i have to admit i started to cry <laughs> <laughs> Cause I was like, I was like, I got real crazy with it. Right. So I was, I was, it was already a Friday. So it's was fermented Friday. I had a couple of drinks and I turned the
1: lights out in my,
0: in my stream no. room <laughs> and
1: I funny. was playing. You're like, Merry fucking Christmas. We're buying <laughs> right? toys and this is what I'm going to think about. That's great. So I'm, I'm, I'm,
0: looking, I'm looking through the windows, right? And they let you zoom in on the window. I'm like, if they let you zoom in on the windows, apparently this is what you're supposed to do, right? Now i right. thinking to yourself, this is a horror game. So it lets you like zoom in and you're like, I kind of see something out there. And as soon as you've like real in the staring out the window, stuff starts banging on the
2: windows. <laughs> Gosh, who would have thought that could possibly happen in this game? And I
0: screamed out loud. <laughs> and you like people in chat just losing their shit. They were laughing at me so hard. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was asking for that one. I was asking for that one. Right. But it was, so the puzzles are super hard. I love puzzle games. Um, and when I say the puzzles are super hard, I mean, in a good way, because they're not unsolvable because you can kind of see what you need to solve them. You just have to figure out what, where that thing is. That's cool. uh, so it was really fun and it was spooky as shit. Um, so that one was a lot of fun. Um, then I, I started playing Xenoblade Chronicles Two, and so I'm a JRPG fan. Yeah, always have been. Um, let me just say, the breasts on Pyre, who is the the like the main blade and kind of co protagonist mm-hmm. in this game, are absolutely fucking ridiculous.
2: Yes, they are. seeing people try to try to defend this game and i'm like there is no
0: defense of these breasts they are these breasts are indefensible (laughs) And, and not only are the breasts ridiculous but at one point you're playing the main character rex at one point they like he gets like knocked out cold right so he's like laying down knocked out cold And he wakes up and you know, they do the eye thing, right? So you can see like the eyes start to open and it's blurry, and then it closes, and then it opens again, and he starts to focus. He is laying on her lap, and all he sees, everything, the sun, the (laughs) all his future, the rays of light, his past, everything is fucking eclipsed by these huge breasts (laughs) hanging over his head. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like, you sort of have to admire
2: the just balls out egregiousness of it
0: i was like see you can't even say that you know what we just drew her that way see because the fact that you are clearly objectifying just her breasts at every point you possibly can <sighs> but samantha someone's
1: having a lot of fun with that game Samantha,
2: there are Women in the world who do have giant breasts, some of them choose to dress in approximately 13 straps of leather and some glitter. So, this is totally okay. She has agency, she's chosen all of this.
0: Yep, and she's wearing boy short, she's wearing red, shiny boy short panties that are three sizes too small. Awesome to Very go cool. along with the giant breasts. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. um, but. If they had not done this, it is a solid game, right? Which is which is sad, <clears throat> right? It's sad that you know that this is the case because it is it's a it's a good game. Yeah, um, it's I mean it's a, a, like
1: my son, so he's nine, and he was playing for honor. I haven't played it myself, but he was like all about it, and he said, you know, mommy, what I like about this game is that they actually give the women real armor. Yeah. And that blew my mind that like as a nine year old, he is able to articulate on his own because I actually, you know, I don't talk a lot about this around him, mm-hmm. uh, surprisingly enough. I mean, you would think as a game developer, I would be like, here, like, let's talk about representations, but I actually really don't. And I give him space, you know, to figure things out for himself. And just, you know, he can see it. And so he says that he likes to play for honor for that reason, you know, Mm -hmm. because he's like, oh, look, you know, they're actually every character is being treated equally. And, you know, they're trying for uh, an element of historical accuracy. And, you know, he really likes that. And that just goes to show that, you know, you can target that audience in that way. You know, authenticity can actually give merit to a game. Mm
0: hmm. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, my my nine year old's the same way. Yeah, yep. that's cool. yeah. She's Once, like,
2: oh, I was just gonna say real quick that my son, who's also nine, came in. We have three nine year olds. Came in one night. He couldn't sleep while I was playing uh, Metal Gear Solid Five and saw uh, Quiet. He's like, "What the heck is she wearing?" I'm like, nah, that. well, "That's what." <laughs> so I mean, you know, they know when it's stupid. Go ahead, Sam. Right. I to
1: mean to cut you off.
0: No, it's it's funny that the nine-year-olds know when it's stupid but
2: you know, I
1: yet adults I don't, right? Generations. It's going to be all good cuz eventually, you know, at least for like I think my son is aiming to be a game designer. I don't want to mm-hmm. put anything on him. Like maybe it's just something he's doing at this age or whatever, but you know, he he's really going for it. And so, you know, I think that's what it's going to come down to is just like the Creators that are being raised now and contributing to this work are gonna switch things around because they're gonna be like, "That's not what I wanted," you know. Yeah, and that would yeah. be really cool. Yeah, see. my, my
0: nine year old's the same way. She's she, you know, I I, I like to I like to, to brag on her a little bit. Aww. I think she's an amazing artist for nine years.
2: Yes, yes,
0: I think she is. I think she's an amazing artist for a nine year old, and she wants to do, she wants to do art for games. Um, that's and sweet. She, and it's so funny. She, she goes, do you know why I want to do art for games? I said, why? She was like, so that I can draw characters that make sense. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. That's what we
0: need. That's what we need.
1: <laughs> uh, right? Exactly. That's that's deadly. Yeah, you know what? And there's going to just be a whole generation of them. I think like, my son's more like, I mean, he wants to be an artist, but I'm like, oh, honey, you're a level designer. <laughs> <laughs> but I... Uh, You know, don't tell them. But yeah, okay, sure. (laughs) You know, whatever, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, keep practicing. Okay, here's, you know, let's direct you towards a little bit more love side over here. (laughs) (laughs) But I can see it in them, you know, and their ability to critique. And I think that that's where I have hope is like, all right, you know, and to be able to see, um, just that there are some parts of the game that are strong, you know, and you yeah. want to be able to appreciate those parts and still be able to critique what shouldn't mm-hmm. be, changed, right? And I think that we can still like equally appreciate a game and be like, yeah, I wouldn't do it that way. <laughs> yeah. I
2: would, I would, I would at least make those breasts weigh less than thirty pounds apiece, yeah. <laughs> at yeah. least. Yep. Yeah.
1: But no, I just want to put this or out there. If we're gonna be that big, she's gotta like have a curved back. I mean, let's yeah, just you know, or like complain this. occasionally, like, oh man, my back really hurts. Yeah, she's <laughs> like every, every once in a while she's gotta You're have a curved back. You just gotta like maintain her. <laughs> so, like <laughs> you can't just flop around. You gotta like her stamina
2: <laughs> runs out like really quickly. She's like, I'm sorry, it's just
1: <sighs>
2: these breasts are just ridiculous. <laughs> <They're> so <laughs> heavy. But I'm just gonna put this out there. My child has been writing lots of story games lately, so we got an artist, we got a level designer, we got a narrative designer.
1: Oh, snap. We have
2: a <laughs> little got
1: got team going. Company. Yeah. All right. We'll, let's, we'll just keep with them. It'll be great. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Kickstart it. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs>
1: All right. So, so, John okay, Romero so. And Brenda Romero did, you know, like, I think that was like one of my son's heroes is like, you know, the taco truck game, get get the taco truck, man. He was like, that was a kid. He <laughs> like, I was like, yes. yes. Anything is possible. If your father is John Romero. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but still, you know, it was like a really great role model for him. So I was like, yes, that is right. <laughs> <laughs> you too can make successful video games
0: Yeah uh, And the last thing I've been playing Is for the last couple of days I have been playing A lot of uh, PUBG On the Xbox mm.
1: Player Unknown's Battleground yeah. Have fun
0: It's fun it, sure is it is super
1: fun Okay it's pathetic but I will admit That from time to time I have been playing Smite which is, I mean, it's a sad, I will admit. I'll admit, I'll take that hit right now. I know people who are still so so really playing like smart. into it, and I have no, like, it requires nothing from me, really. You know? And you can tell probably most people who are playing are either drunk or high. So whatever you do, you're probably going to be okay. <laughs> you know? It's all right. You can tap into a just go do a run and and then tap out. And you don't have to make any kind of human connections if you don't want to. But you can, you know, that's what's been working for me, is that cool? <laughs> guess, so. see, that's why I that's why
0: I like Battle Royale games. Yeah. I like Battle Roy- Royale games. Cause Alicia and I were playing a whole bunch of Fortnite Battle Royale for a while. Cool. Um, but I've been playing since PUBG came out on the Xbox, I've been playing PUBG. Because you know what? I can, um, I have uh, gotten down to like the top 20 probably five times and like the top 10 slash top five another two or three times with no weapons.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was like about to be really, really impressed there. And now I'm like, oh.
0: No, with no weapons because that is the only game that I can go stealthy in.
1: Oh,
0: we talk, we talk about this all the time. Every other game that's supposed to be stealthy, I fail that terribly because I walk into a room and I'll be like, "Oh, you saw me!" Now everybody's got to die, and then I kill everybody. <laughs> and then, but this game is like, it's like Fortnite. Fortnite was all about the bush strats. I would hide in a bush for twenty minutes and be totally okay. And just yeah, but, be-
2: you know, the difference is that you don't have like top Fortnite streamers out there hollering racist stuff. Right. Whereas the top PUBG streamers out there hollering well, all kinds of racist stuff, you know what? Life.
0: That's PewDiePie, dude. You can't you can't blame PUBG for
2: PewDiePie. It's not just PewDiePie.
0: Well, you know what? You, what? It's no, you know what? You're game. absolutely right. But you can't blame you can't blame the game for the streamers.
2: No, I can't. But I it, it makes me think that that's the community it fosters, and I don't want to be a part of that. Not even to kill them.
0: Well, you know what the thing <laughs> is is that well, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but that what that's not what I've run into. When I've been playing, when I've been playing PUBG or watching others play PUBG, but then it also depends on what platform you're watching, because I stream on and I predominantly watch Mixer and that's a whole different community Mm -hmm. than Twitch and YouTube. Okay. That is a whole different community. I mean, they have lots of stuff in place that
1: other folks don't. That's good for me to know too, you know. Yeah, because yeah. I I just gave up, right? I was well, just so like, well, so did I.
0: Yeah, the Mixer's pretty great. Cool. Yeah, because Alicia's been streaming with me
2: on Mixer on and Friday. I'm, I'm just pretty anti-streaming in general, like. Well, yeah. I,
0: yeah. Um. Yeah. So the community on Mixer is totally different, and as a platform. Um, I mean, cause I've seen, I've seen it happen before. Like I said, they have stuff in place that is pretty interesting and pretty quick. Cause I've been watching like, like, um, black streamers playing on, um, uh, the, the playing games and streaming on Mixer and like somebody will come in and say some, and say some shit. And then they'll like immediately delete the comment that they made and then go back to ban that person from their chat. And Mixer's already done it. Right.
1: Okay. See, like, for me, streaming is still a strange different world because I would bounce back to this border town, like, in the bush, in the middle of nowhere, next to Grand Ronde Reservation Mm -hmm. in Oregon, and you cannot stream anything Mm. out there, Mm. like you know, you can't even stream SoundCloud without going over your data limit and getting <laughs> shut down. You know, this is like yeah. not going to happen for you. And so I learned to just kind of completely let go of that whole world of what it means to game. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still like going, oh yeah, okay, this is a thing you can go and and do and connect with people. And in fact, that's what dominates now. And I think um, a lot of what my work is about still right now is is like, how can I make games that can be downloaded in spaces where you can get wireless for a little bit, you know, and then they can continue to be played in places where you do not have internet because that was my experience. And so I really haven't jumped any kind of like making games for steam or anything that's multiplayer or anything, even with high scoreboards or anything like that, because that still, you know, will connect you in and require that at times. Like it killed me when, um, that one Mario game came out, whatever it was. And you know, I was like, yeah, this is something I'm gonna be able to play now. And it required you to have internet in the moment to play it. And I was just like, or not, you know, like I'm not gonna be able to do this actually on mobile. And that's just how it's gonna be for me. And so I've been uh, on the other side of the digital divide for so long that I um, have not had a super lot of encounters with these kinds of communities. I remember when I was much younger, it was like, Diablo and stuff like that like really old-school or like Ultima online and you know You take things out on people in a whole different kind of way But not this kind of thing where you get to hear people's voices right Mm -hmm. and they're just I mean I've run into all sorts of weird stuff playing um, some of the battle games uh, on Xbox live like some guy pretending he was black and he was a part of a group of people And they were all in on it. They were, like, in on this joke. It was a joke he would do. And he was, like, playing this caricature, basically, like an old black man. And and I'm just going, like, obviously this is fake, but everyone's, like, throwing him material, right? And, like, hooking him into making these super racist jokes. And so it's a different kind of racism. It's not just, like, people running around, like, saying racist stuff. It's mm-hmm. like they're taking on these fake personas and being extraordinarily racist in this whole complex kind of way where I'm just like, that's that's like a whole other level, yeah. you know? Like weird, you know? And, mm-hmm. and that really turned me off from it right away. I was like, I don't know if I can really do this because I don't know what I'm going to run into night mm-hmm. to night, you know? I don't really know about that. See, and that's, the, that's one of the things that, that we've talked about before
0: is like, I, I used to play games online and I, yeah. I haven't for a long time because for that very reason. Right. And it wasn't until I started streaming on Mixer and became a part of kind of a, a larger um, a kind of a larger streaming group and started to stream um, and hang out with like regular folks. Um, yeah that I started to play online games again because I know that there is a body of like-minded folks that I can play with. I'm like, well, well, I know I can play with these folks over here and I don't have to worry about any madness. Mm-hmm. Right. On. Right. Yeah, totally. That sounds awesome. Um, so I've started to play games online again. Um, and I was like, I, I kind of missed this. I really
1: did. Yeah. That's the thing. Right. I mean, there's like nothing that replaces that feeling of like being in a moment and that moment, cannot be repeated in the same way you know it's just not going to be because you have like the intermixing of all the people there and the rapport that you build and the feeling of like winning with the group or you know winning against a group whatever it might be um that just is irreplaceable and that's what i would feed off of before you know in world warcraft and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. I like that except for the whole, like, I got exhausted of playing that kind of stuff just because it was the same thing over and over and over again that everybody went <laughs> to. Was, you know, it's not really changing. And I'm also spoiled because, you know, I was brought up in the Ultima Online era where I got yes. to change the color of my armor. Thank you very much. Yes, I had to go get a special bucket or go to a house with a special bucket in order to change the color of my armor, but I could match if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I could customize and I, you know, could feel like I could create space, you know, it like killed me in wow, when, you know, first time I was playing, and I tried to take something out of my backpack to start creating and building things in the space. And it's just like, no, it's gone. Like, if you're going to remove it, it disappears. And I understand the data reasons for that. But, you know, the connection to the land and to the space and a game is like a huge part of it for me. And so yeah. I just lost interest in doing that kind of stuff. Cause that's what I'm there for is like, how can we like co-create together? Right. And then create those experiences together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. I, as so you, you mentioned Ultima online and I started thinking back to my ultimate days. And I'm like, oh, remember when you got I remember when I when I got my my copy of Ultima Online and the game still came in a box. Yeah. And you're like, why is this box so heavy? And you opened it up and there was like a straight up novella in <laughs> right. the box that went along with it that had that had all the game's lore in it. Yeah. So you had to like read this before yeah. you could start playing the game. So that you because you, I mean, there were there were role-playing servers, and then there were like there were like they were like PVP servers, right? Yeah. Um, and for folks who wanted to role play, there was this this book that you read first, so that you could situate yourself in that space.
1: Yep, I played in the Shadow Clan Orcs, which was like the most hardcore group you could find because. They did things like you were not allowed to ride on horses. And so we'd get griefers. They'd come in, you know, in their full plate armor. And then in the later versions of the game, like full plate armor, plus they are also mages, you know, just, you know, those guys (laughs) on a horse. That's great. You know, And we would have to because we had all these rules set upon us because we're orcs, motherfuckers, you know? <laughs> we would have to like work together to trap someone in, you know, it'd take about five of us to like, you know, run somebody's stamina out enough to trap them in a space long enough to take them out, um, you know? And I love that, like that was the best, like having to really strategize with people and mm-hmm. and all of that and just the, uh, the, the depth. And level of it, and also I think feeling like I don't know if this is just me or a thing, but I've always felt like orcs are like the minority.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I say
0: it all the time. I say all the time. Alicia's heard me say it. I'm like orcs, orcs, black people. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that's what's going on there. And so you're that in that space, and the dynamic. It is like therapeutic, you know, because like yeah, shit is hard but we're gonna do this together, right? And that's what I was yeah. about. And there would be quiet moments too, where it's just like, you're just out chopping wood. It's cool, nothing's going mm-hmm. on, you know? There is, it,
0: nothing, there is nothing more soothing than chopping wood in, in video games.
2: Now right. I just wanna go run around and get some stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) see that would be really bad for you you're the collector right i'm a collector who then like eradicates i don't know how to explain it but like i will liquidate things instantaneously i don't hoard oh no i I hoard because i'll like play the market if i
2: had i what i've learned from video games is that if i had any kind of capital i could be a great investor but i don't because i'm poor
1: (laughs) man if i didn't Damn, it would be on, right? I'm I'm horrible at that. I'm just like sell it, sell it to the cheapest price to the NPC vendor. Just get rid of it.
0: <laughs> and I will do all the mining and farming.
1: Nice. Then you just build the things.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to build. I just want to mine and farm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, what it, that's all just, I want to do. Just I do anything with it. You just like I've done my part. <laughs> Somebody build something. You do the most meditative relaxing part I don't exactly know about that exactly there's no <laughs> just putting the. well as like a, a lot of hard labor in that too but yeah i'm always an archer if i can be like yeah. an, in play that is my jam right there if i can play it And i think it goes back to diablo probably and then also playing like the rogue and and all that but like any kind of character where you can mix stealth and archery those two things I'm just all about that so mm-hmm. I'm a Leroy Jenkins at every time melee <laughs> <laughs> I'm running in that's cool. I'll just be in the back. Just like
2: you do that. You know what? Yeah, be in the back watching her die. Exactly. Like, that's that's really what I'm gonna do. I, I would count. I would start to count. Like, let me let me come res you again.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm gonna say Alicia will tell you. That is exactly what happens.
1: I would just be like out, basically. Like at some point I'll be trying to help, and then I'll be like, oh, this is this is going downhill. So I'm just gonna tab out. And I don't think I'm gonna hide now. Gotta so, go. <laughs> I'll I'll see you in the next round. (laughs) (laughs) It's like GTG. See you later. (laughs) You did it to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Peace out.
0: Unless of course I'm playing battle royale, then I'm just gonna lay in the grass or the bushes. Nice and sneak around. That's that's where it's at. All right, we gotta we gotta keep moving. <laughs> we <been talking> about <laughs>
1: questions. Are there? No, we haven't got anywhere. <laughs> I know
0: we haven't. All right, so um,
1: what's playing? What's reading? Anybody reading anything interesting? What about you, Beth? You know, I've actually been doing a lot of research on STEM in game development education for youth because I am working on, and this is like an extension of over ten years of work, but. I'm working on developing a workshop or after-school curriculum program, whatever it's going to turn into, called Generative Generations. And it is about passing on game development skills to indigenous youth by engaging them in developing STEM-themed games. So it's like multi-layered. Like, so, okay, we know that we get STEM from developing games, sure. But can we take it a step further? Can we engage indigenous scientific literacies through our games? Can we have quantum physics and star teachings which parallel with like of course, you know, western quantum physics, but also like astronomy? Can we have land-based practices? Can we like express our sciences in game mechanics? Nice. Mm. And then be engaging you that way. So it's like multi layered. So I've been doing a lot of reading to do like the literature review for grants, quite honestly, because it's like I can put together the curriculum in mm-hmm. the program. But then because of the academic environment i need to validate myself right so i'm backtracking at this point so i've been doing a lot of reading on that and it's pretty cool and then i've been learning about uh more about the global game jam has been putting together uh the global game jam next which is for youth which is cool Mm -hmm. to me so they have a stem component too so that's been a lot of the kind of reading that i've been doing it's just like skim reading research what about you all what about you,
0: Alicia? Um, She's like, no. No,
2: I did, I just read, uh, there's an author who I've, I've liked her previous books, and uh, I picked up, she did a retelling of Pride and Prejudice, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of over retellings of Pride and Prejudice, but whatever. I really like her stuff, so I'm gonna try this one. It's called Eligible. Uh, and it was okay, kind of basic, until I got to, I mean, I'm sure that you both had Pride and Prejudice foisted upon you many times in your youth. Yeah, so I'm like. I like
0: that book a lot.
2: Um, yeah. I like it a lot. It's, it's uh, you know, very satirical in moments. Um, mm-hmm. So, okay. You know, the youngest sister in the original runs off with kind of a, uh, not a good guy. Right. Got a lot of gambling debts, you know, he's, he's sort of a villain of the book so and mm-hmm. this one the younger sister hooks up with this guy who like owns a gym and he seems like really nice and, and great and I'm like, well, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop right because that's that's the villain role. and I'm waiting I'm waiting and he's just so nice and great. I'm like, man, something's gonna go down And, uh, and then they have the big reveal and the, the big problem the big problem my friends is that he's transgender. And I was uh-huh. like, I'm fucking done right now
0: really
2: I was so angry and I read I read some reviews and I read about two chapters after that maybe three because the chapters are really short just to kind of see and it becomes this growth moment for the family as they learn to accept their transgender son-in-law and I was like wow so not only is the villain quality the fact that this man is trans wow uh, then this like wealthy white family has their growth moment on the on his back i'm gonna i'm gonna take a hard pass all they had
0: to do was make all they had to do was make them black and then that would have just been oh, then they, they later they introduced a oh, black love
2: interest for one of the other sisters to be like real progressive for just <laughs> <Wow>. like, <laughs> i'm like
1: who i know That's that why that i don't read she has <laughs> editors
2: and there's <laughs> other people that were like why did this
1: it's okay to someone though. You know what I mean? Right. Like someone out there, it is their moment of growth, you know? And that is sad. <laughs> yeah. That is a sad situation to be in. I was, I, I was really mad. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, they're like looping you into the original narrative and then equating that with, with villainy, which is just not okay on so many levels. No. No,
2: it's not okay.
1: Uh, Why do people get stuff published? Like, you know, (laughs) I still don't understand this.
0: Mm -mm.
1: I don't get it. I had lots of fiction published in the before time, in the
2: long, long ago, before I became Sam's minion. Uh, (laughs) And I wrote some some dumb and, and problematic stories. But I'll tell you what. One thing I did not ever do was like, just throw in some trans people so that everybody else could have a girl. Like, what the fuck was going on? That was so bad. <laughs> <clears throat>
0: oh, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> See, now I need the water. I told you I had all these beverages here for a reason.
2: <clears throat> so now I'm not reading anything else. Nope, I take it back. I just purchased uh, Matt Bell's uh, Baldur's Gate 2 from Boss Fight Books, but I haven't started it yet. That is some epic dedication. Yeah, well, I do like Matt Bell. Um, so I, I read an excerpt, and it looked like it, the writing style was, was right up my alley, but oh, God, I'm just I'm just salty about literature right now,
1: in general, <laughs> all the words. Oh, Well, I'm I'll tell you what I'm reading. Like, ever. That's what I'm, <laughs> saying. I'm like, when you said reading, I'm like, obviously research. I mean, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs>
2: always
0: well I started reading because I heard someone talking about it on a on another podcast um hoarders doomsday preppers and the culture of the apocalypse
2: oh look it's a story of me <laughs>
1: <laughs> by Gwendolyn Foster um it's a is super there mountain book of cans in it huh is there a mountain of cans in it
0: Yes, it's got it's Alicia got Alicia written all over it. A mountain oh. hands somebody no, <laughs> but it is it is it is truly Alicia because I when I saw when I saw the title I just laughed and I was like Alicia that was the first <laughs> thing I thought about. Um, I was like, but I gotta read it. I gotta start reading it first before I tell her about it. Yeah, it's super short. It's like less than a hundred pages, um, and it was but it was like ridiculously expensive on Amazon. Because First thing I did was look to see how much it was on Amazon, and it was like. The Kindle version was like 30 bucks. And I'm like, let me see if the library, if our library has this. And our library luckily had it. And then I downloaded it and I'm like, this is less than a 100 pages. If I had paid $30 for this, I yeah. might be mad. Wow.
2: Well, um, just wait till they throw in a transgender person who is the villain that the, all the other people can get their growth from.
0: <laughs> then I'm going to burn it. I'm going to burn the digital <laughs> copy.
1: What a refund!
0: <laughs> i want my i want we'll my free back
1: refunds <laughs> i want every trans person to be paid for every book that sold. God damn right right um uh,
0: so but what was really interesting about this is um is it the foster does a read on um the apocalypse that talks specifically about the role that folks of color are going to have mm. and how politics and race are going to play out in the apocalypse. Mm. And I'm like, see, this is the shit that I'm talking about. This is the shit like we talk about it all the time when we start talking about the apocalypse. We talk, make that joke all the time about the apocalypse. And I'm like, yeah, see, I'm like, I'm not fucking around because they're like, well, who's going to go outside? I'm like, I'm not going outside because when I go outside, they're going to shoot me.
2: I got yeah. you. <laughs> I, I've seen Night of the Living Dead. I got your back.
0: <laughs> right. So we, I mean, so we make these jokes all the time and it's interesting to see Foster actually kind of do a real read on- That's great. On race race and racialized politics in the apocalypse. Yeah. So- um,
2: You told me to read it, but now I will say, uh, I'm gonna read the shit out of this book.
1: I know, I- In indigenous futurisms, there's this conversation that's been ongoing about how the apocalypse has already happened. For us. Oh. So we're already living in the post apocalypse. So anything yeah. that references the post apocalypse in science fiction is like, yeah, uh-huh. And yeah. then what about the post post apocalypse? You know, <laughs> right. It's already happened for us. Oh like you God. are our apocalypse. This is it. You know, Good point. my existence is the result of an apocalypse and you so, just blew yeah. my mind. That makes yeah. so much sense. Yeah. 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 So a lot of people have been talking, you know, about this and uh, Johnny J and then uh, also my mom, Grace Dillon, she coined the term indigenous futurism. So obviously, like, you know, science fiction is going to be a thing that I know about. It's probably also why I don't read any literature, because she is a scholar of, you know, literature and films in the science fiction area. So she just would read a book. Oh man. I mean, every night she is a walking library. She just remembers everything she reads, but she would read so much. That's probably why I'm just like, no, books are a thing. Somebody else does, you know, (laughs) but I take a lot of the teachings that I've gotten, you know, from, from her and from other people and really appreciate what's been passed on to me that way. And that's one of the perspectives, right. In, in that, Changes how you think about things, so Molly's well, like, Yeah, you know, so here we are now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, certainly there are other levels of, of apocalypse to be had, too, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, wow, that is that that, kind, that that you're like, Yeah, that kind of when you think about it in that way, it makes perfect sense. So. I know when
2: we're done recording, I'm gonna go lie on my floor and stare at the ceiling for a while. <laughs> I feel like I'm having a moment. Like, I wish you guys could see my face right now because I'm just like, what? Yeah. Everything <laughs> I know is wrong. I must recalibrate.
0: <laughs> Reality shift. Right. I mean, but shit, we all need that.
2: Yes. Yep. Oh, God. Oh, you, you wait, wait. Do you think that that means that it might be important to gasp, have other perspectives in your oh. life? What? No,
0: because they just want to destroy you. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. So that was what we playing, what we reading. Like 14 hours in.
2: Um, (laughs) We've already done like three podcasts. (laughs) That was the intro.
0: But that's okay, because I'm having real fun.
2: I know.
0: Um, Brilliant. So the the big question is, is what are we drinking tonight? Um, Beth, we will start with you. Even though we already know
1: the answer. I know. I'm so, I'm so exciting over here. I'm drinking water because I've been drinking coffee all day and all night for several days now. I mean, you had, uh, a,
2: you you like had a big day? week.
1: <laughs> you yeah. Like apple. Really? Thanks Apple for <sighs> the problems I'm going to have from how much coffee I've been drinking. <laughs>
0: I know you got, you got, you got your game up on the, in the Google play store and
1: in the app store It's happening. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's real. It has happened now. I'm still in disbelief. I'm a little bit like, you know, going, okay, is this really for real? It's real, real, real. <laughs> are other people are able to, okay. All right. I'll just trust you now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, that is what I am drinking tonight. Cause I am going to try to like, you know, balance out a little bit here if I can. Ah, uh, It's like, yeah, why would you do that? Yeah, I'm like, but then there's the next game I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: All
2: right, Alicia, what about you? What you are drinking, babe? I'm just having a fine old-fashioned.
0: You still have to make me an old-fashioned.
2: Okay. Mm. I will do that for you. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a friend and colleague uh, bought me as a holiday gift a nice bottle of bourbon, nicer than I would buy for myself because as a grad student I have zero dollars. <laughs> um, so I am I am enjoying this. So you're getting two two
0: bottles of bourbon out of this out of this semester, huh? I'm going to have the best holiday ever.
2: <laughs> Huzzah!
0: all right well i'll tell you what i'm drinking uh, i i have three beverages in front of me hell uh, yeah because it's been it's that kind of week y'all um <laughs> i am <laughs> drinking a barefoot moscato uh so that's one i am also drinking a i'm drinking coffee i'm drinking a sulawesi um, and I am drinking um mango sparkling water that I made in my soda stream.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice,
0: so I got you know one beverage that I need to because you know <laughs> it's that kind of week, one beverage to keep me awake, and one <laughs> beverage to keep me hydrated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like all the things.
0: Well, so mix them all together in one cup. Never,
2: uh, <laughs> no. Mm-mm. That goes. no, place maybe place. the wine and the sparkling water.
0: Yeah, no, I like my wine straight. And and I had poured a big cup, too, because (laughs) I was like, I was like, I'm just going to use this cup because I don't feel like, you know, using wine glasses. Oh, do most
2: people use wine glasses?
0: I usually do. I am not a heathen. (laughs) I usually use a wine glass. Yeah. But instead I poured it in this cup and I was pouring and pouring and pouring. And I was like, oh damn, this isn't water, this is wine. And I was like, I'm never gonna drink all of that. And I want you to know that this cup, this cup has been empty for a few minutes now. Um, <laughs> that's why I started switching to the coffee and the water. I was like, I could get up and refill it. Cause you know, the wine is right over there in the fridge, but I, I won't do that.
1: Like, woo, Thursday night. <laughs>
2: I will not discuss my wine drinking practices. I
0: know your wine drinking practices and the bottle would be empty by
2: now. (laughs) I like a fine bottle of wine. Anyway, don't we have something else to talk about that's not me?
0: We do. We have to talk about Beth. And not only are we going to talk about Beth, but we're also going to talk about Beth's game, the latest game. Let me say that because... You know, that's
2: kind of prolific. Oh, you're kind of a big deal. You're kind of a big deal. Thank you. Oh, can I just say before we get like super started, all of your artwork is so amazing.
0: It is beautiful.
2: It's Thank so you. layered, and there's so much to unpack and think about, and like just the way that shapes and colors work together. I don't know. It's it's really exciting. Like I'm not a like an amazing art critic or anything, but I was looking through all of your stuff and just like, oh my gosh
1: so go check out her website because it's it's worth it y'all oh and I'll put a
2: link in
0: the show notes so
1: yeah thank you it's um I have to create in order to breathe it is like a thing that has to happen and so you know that's really at some point it's just like sometimes I'll do commissions you know people ask for certain things um and then I get hilarious requests like a hawk in space you know and I'm like (laughs) all right (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'll do that for you if you want a hawk in space. All right. I certainly, I, you know, in space. hawks in space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, all right, I'll make this happen for you. But for the most part, it's like just almost like compulsive. <laughs> like I don't feel great right now I think there's something I need to make or that I should be making or I should have made a while ago or whatever needs to happen and so that's a lot of where uh, that kind of work is coming from and with Thunderbird Strike it was the first time because I had to give myself the opportunity no one has really given me space to be the artist on games that I've worked on I've done background art for games Mm-hmm. But because my style is so specifically Anishinaabe and so specifically woodland style and a particular kind of look and feel, it just was never really going to work for, like, all of these games that I was working on, either with other communities or just generally, you know, for other companies, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, that's great, but let's hire this person who can draw cartoons, you know? I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I was never given a chance to actually be just a full-fledged game artist. And I realized that, you know, I was going to have to do that myself. And so Thunderbird Stride came primarily out of, like, what can I create with no UI? That was the challenge for me. I want to know, you know, like overt user interface. It was, like, really clear, like, what could be embedded entirely within the art to show in a really short, like retro style game. Cause that's a lot of what I'm about too, is like nostalgia, you know, Mm -hmm. like just going back to like what I would have wanted to play when I was playing a certain era of games, what would it have looked like if it was coming from like my cultural lens right and so uh thunderbird strike was a really big feat for me you know i've worked on like a super mario mod messing around with sprites and stuff like that and made a thunderbird power up in that but that's all like you know sprites in that style right Mm -hmm. like bit work you know which is fun i love doing bit work but i also do beadwork and other kind of work and I wanted to find a way to incorporate that into art style so that's a lot of what that game was about and it was amazing you know like there's nothing like um, I do all the sprites that are all hand drawn every movement is you know done by hand And then all of the cutscenes are animated in Photoshop and I'm moving things pixel by pixel, you know, at six frames per second. So it's a stop motion game. And that's what's meant to carry through in the level design as well Is like, you should feel like you're kind of going through a stop motion animation yourself.
0: Wow, that is amazing to
1: me.
2: I wanna say really salty things about other games right now, but I'm gonna hold myself (laughs) back.
1: So we can just focus on this game. Well done, well done. That was a
0: nice. <laughs> it won't last long. She's gonna come it's back nice. and tell us what it was. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, trust me,
1: we're getting. Well, there will. There are other questions. But,
0: uh, no, she okay. got plenty. She got plenty of time. She got plenty of time. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and and that's one of the things. is like and and, and is right. Your your work is amazingly beautiful. I am going to put a link in the show notes so f- folks can go see um, more of your work. And I know I find myself like. Like on Facebook, you'll post like something that you've done. And I'm like, oh, this is really, I'm like, I'm going to go back and look and see if she posted other stuff. And then I'll just start looking at stuff again. And then I'm drawn in and I'm like, uh, because I've always felt, um, I've always, I've always wanted to be the artist that I'm not. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm totally happy. I, I do, I do more fiber arts. Oh, cool. Um. I do fiber arts. Um, so I, I I knit, I crochet, I do cross stitch. Um,
2: I don't so do anything, do. my hands are dumb.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I do and I do, and I think because I like I like games so much, I do a lot of perler bead art. Cool. Oh yeah, deadly,
1: absolutely.
0: Um, but I have but what I've always wanted to do was to be able to draw and I cannot. Yeah. I mean I draw. It's not very good. I draw because I love to do it, but it's not very good.
1: <laughs> well, and this is why it's like practice, practice, practice. Like, I I did grow up doing that, but um, I had been in for about, it's a kind of a blur now, it was like either five or six years. I was in a a super abusive marriage where I was not allowed to create art. Like he would get upset at me and I would have things thrown at me or he would yell at me or whatever. And I remember when I was pregnant, kind of like one of the big things that happened was always, it would also be like passive aggressive. You know what I mean? So he did this thing where like I was painting and he decided it just bothered him. Like it just bothered his space. And so, um, while I was gone, probably doing every, cause I just did everything. I was the primary income, you know, I was finishing up my PhD for however long that took me because of the situation I was in and everything else. And I remember coming back probably from grocery shopping or something like that, pregnant, doing everything myself. And, um, he had put all of my paints and my paintbrushes and my canvases, in a place where I couldn't reach them because I'm like pregnant and it was like too high up and too tucked back and there was too much stuff in the way and that was it, I was like completely cut off. And so I started working on my very first stop motion animation called The Path Without End because I was able to take photos of materials And manipulate them and move them in Photoshop without him knowing what I was doing. So I would basically be like, hey, I'm doing my freelance work online here that pays income. So he'd like give me space to do that. And then largely what I was doing during that time too was like very quietly, very silently moving just images or layers in Photoshop pixel by pixel using the the arrow keys you know, nothing that could be seen. And so that became like an embedded part of my practice that's continued through all of my animations. And I still do it that way now, you know, it's like moving things pixel by pixel using arrow keys um, because that was the only way I had to express myself. And so I didn't draw um, during that time for a while because I couldn't. And so I did feel like my abilities uh, were held back for a while because you have to practice. It's not like, you know, I mean, Some people are, I'm certain, sure, you know, just have gifts, you know, but nonetheless, like you have to continue to upkeep that and learn new techniques and keep growing. And so um, I appreciate hearing that people appreciate my art because even I feel like I'm not where I could be if I had had that like five or six years to actually do what I love to do. And I feel like I'm constantly still uh, trying to catch up and Thunderbird Strike is this point in time for me right where it's like this is where i'm at right now for a reason and what's coming next is going to be the next level right and i am really looking forward to that and appreciating the process of getting to that point again
0: well thunderbird strike is a beautiful game and that's that's an amazing segue tell us tell us about thunderbird strike
1: Yeah, so in Thunderbird Strike, you play as a thunderbird striking lightning down at mining company buildings and the big giant mining trucks or at caribou, buffalo and wolves, as well as people to activate them or bring them back to life. And you get either uh, destruction points or restoration points from the strikes that you make and what you successfully destroy or bring back to life or activate. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you get a total high score at the end. And so you always win. Uh, You're playing for a high score. And it's basically, you know, a parallel to one of the last games I did called invaders which was about you know it's a space invaders riff and you always lose in that game because it's common on colonization and space invaders as a metaphor for invasion and colonization and there's always kind of like a slightly depressing tone to it because I mean you are playing for the high score and you do it you're like oh I died eventually you do die and so I wanted to do something that didn't have ultimately that feeling like was really great for discussion. But I wanted a game where you always felt like, no, I always want <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> and so that's what that was about. It's like, no, I just want to win every single time, you know. And I remember um, talking to Alan Turner, who is both black and Lakota. So he's native and black, like phenomenal veteran game developer he worked on Stubbs the zombie and he had to deal with all the racist shit they were putting in that game and try to advocate against it and there were things he did make sure got removed but there's certainly a lot in it that that snuck in there at the end behind Mm -hmm. his back and all this kind of stuff and so he's an amazing role model to me and i brought this game to him first as an idea like two years ago because i started working on this in 2015 fall to or before fall 2015 that's the sad piece of it is like things take a while you know conceptually develop and all that but that's all right so I brought the idea to him and and right away I was like you always win and he was like well but what are you like what's coming after you like are there gonna be like police forces trying to shoot you down or whatever you know that kind of thing kind of like more of a Godzilla kind of thing I was Mm -hmm. like "No." (laughs) If Thunderbirds showed up, you'd you'd be fucked. Like, that's it. You don't, like, you don't, like, tell Thunderbirds no. Like, (laughs) you don't do that, you know. And he he knows that, too, you know, because he is Lakota and he has Thunderbird teachings. And so, you know, he knows that, too. But then he made this comment that just, like, you know, hit me where he was like, well, basically, you're making a masturbation game then. Because this is the term the industry uses. Like, it's a masturbation game. And I thought about it, like at first I was like, that's terrible. And then I thought about it and I was like, what if that's what I (laughs) want (laughs) to (laughs) do? What if that's the kind of game I want to make? Then I think I'll make a masturbation game. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like I, uh, yep. this is a place where I can actually tell you the real story. Trust me, I've never been able to say this in any other interview. But I warned Alan. I was like, someday I'm going to tell this story, and he starts laughing, and he's like, "I know it's going to happen at some point." <laughs> <moment." laughs> um, if I may, yeah. maybe more women
2: should be making masturbation games, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I we mean, we've we've dealt with. Decades of men doing it, so I think we can we can, we have a few. I think, I think
0: decades that. of battle boobs, which are nothing. <laughs> yeah. but <a> yeah. Masturbation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Literally right. and figuratively. Right. right. Exactly. So I was like, "Yeah, you always win," you know. <laughs> and yeah, it's gonna be, and like I made it. It's simple, and it's it can be an easy game. It can be complicated if you really figure out what's going on with it. If you're really trying to get the highest score you can, it does get more complicated. You really do have to balance where you're going. All of the targets have equal points, so it's not telling you to lean more towards destruction or more towards restoration. You know, it's not judging you and it's not prescribing. Right, like you, you what have a do. choice to be
2: what you want to enact.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, and it doesn't tell you, you know, if you're good or bad or whatever for either of these roles, right? You know, and I think that games tend to do that a lot. And that comes from the d standards. You know, you got your, your good and your evil and you got your chaotic, you got your neutral, and you got your various mixes in between. And, you know, I get that. I get that prescribed template. But, you know, the way that I was raised is that it's actually about balance and it's not about like good versus evil, actually. And so I try to, you know, infuse that not just in the story side of games, but actually in the mechanics themselves. And I think that that's what's most important to me is to try to convey that on some small level in a little game like this. So, you know, that was my hope with this. And I think that that did come across, although... Uh, unfortunately some oil lobbyists picked up the game and they did not actually play the game. And they only focused on the destruction side because that was convenient for their store. <laughs> yeah. the- well,
0: that was gonna. That's. That was definitely something that we wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "You're like Segway, <laughs> it's a Segway." Nice. yeah, so, yeah I would like to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah, this is where it'll all come out, right? Like, <laughs>
0: right, right. Um. Well, well, you know, blowback is a, is a little something we know something about around here. Um. Woo. So there, there was some, there was some blowback. There was some backlash. Yeah. Um. Uh, you you had some you had some problems that that arose because of of those oil lobbyists I did. Um, and folks in general. You wanna you wanna tell us about that?
1: Sure. I mean, they went after me legally, so it was a uh, it was quite intense. Like there was a group of uh, oil lobbyists. One person headed it up, and he became the voice against the game. Um, and he initially tried to go after me for uh, Michigan State University being affiliated. Like they made an assumption that it was made in a lab at Michigan State University. No, everything was on my own laptop. I had been working on this game prior to being hired, right? Mm-hmm. The university supports me insofar as like, we appreciate you and your work and we respect you and we respect indigenous issues, but you know, no resources from MSU were actually used in the making of the game. And so when that fell flat, they then targeted the grant that I got from Minnesota while I was living in Minnesota um, from Arrowhead Regional Arts Council. And I got audited. I mean, they got a uh, Minnesota senator riled up enough about the game. Also, he did not play it at all. And I was accused of encouraging eco-terrorism. And they went after me and they tried to do whatever they could to. Uh, entirely shut down the game like at first they wanted to silence me that that was their ultimate goal they wanted no version of the game out anywhere that was their first attempt isn't that that always the way? i mean have they played any fucking video games ever right right you know who knows right i think it was just at the time a really uh convenient target for them especially given what was happening in minnesota at the time now i didn't realize this uh entirely like you know I, things happen when they happen. Right. And I'm like in game mode, most, so I don't know what's going on in life beyond just what I have to deal with in the moment. But, um, they, in Minnesota, there uh, were gatherings happening at Wells Fargo and other places against pipelines. And to the extent by which Wells Fargo actually had to like close down because there were so many people. And so it was a real hotspot for conversations about pipelines right when Thunderbird strike released. Hang on. So, you know, there you go. And so I think what it was, was like, there was a Minnesota Senator who wanted to win a battle, you know, Mm -hmm. and yeah, some battle, some battle, any battle. And I just made a really convenient target at a particular moment in time and that was really a lot of what it was about and you know i mean it's a good thing that i am an honest and forthright person and i also always say what i'm going to do and I, I i do it you know like i work my ass off i really truly do and uh, and I fought every step of the way to get to where I am. I've worked, you know, three or four jobs at a time. I've worked on how many different games simultaneously doing like shit rolls, consulting and writing and providing design ideas without getting a design credit. You know, mm-hmm. like for mm-hmm. years I've done that. And, I, you know, it just is a hilarious moment to finally have something where like I did it you know, motherfuckers, this is my game. And yes, I did it. But also, the stories are coming from many different community members. Uh, The work of Isaac Murdoch is in there, represented through Thunderbird Woman, she makes an appearance, and also Dylan Miner, who is the one who created the No Pipelines on Indigenous Land art, that is actually his work. And so it's like, me reflecting the importance of all of the stories that have come forth and have been told for many generations about a Thunderbird and about Thunderbirds in general returning to help protect the land and the waters from a snake that threatens to swallow them whole. Uh, And these are very genuine stories that we have and they you know, in the game, it's represented as a journey from the tar sands in Alberta, all the way down to uh, the Mackinac Bridge, which is in the Straits of Mm Mackinac, at the, you know, at a really critical point of the Great Lakes, where if a spill happens there, it'll very rapidly carry into both bodies of water, you know, the lakes that are there. And so, you know, all of that is in there, And for me, you know, I think one of the funniest things is like when media were trying to have some sort of empathy, although many of them really didn't, they were just looking to juxtapose me with these men really was primarily was going on. And so I stopped talking to media. And so I uh, basically a media smear campaign happened because I had to let it happen. Fox News picked it up. And then they got syndicated. Yeah, right. It's like, yay, Fox. And Fox did reach out to talk to me. I mean, they did try. And I was like, I don't think this is a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. And sure enough, like, you know, I was really grateful that at the time I had advisors at Michigan State University it was like, yeah, no, we know this person, you know, this particular journalist, and he will twist your words. So whatever you say, it'll actually make things worse, you know, and so I had really good insights, right, and and really good coverage there. And so I just let that roll and it rolled and the conversation started to turn from video game encouraged encourages eco-terrorism to eco-terrorist makes video game and that's where it started getting scary i had yeah. to at one point like change my number because i was getting weird calls at 4 30 in the morning from block IDs and just mm. you know like whatever you know it was you like, know
2: just normal stuff for women in the normal,
1: industry just normal strange you know harassment and stuff so you know it it did have its dark moments and mm-hmm. all the while you know They were, you know, the senator and other people were looking for an angle on this that wasn't just attacking freedom of speech. And that's what they were doing. they're attacking freedom of speech. But nonetheless, you know, they were trying to find a reason. And they went after me because I had gotten an art grant in Minnesota. And then I moved to Michigan. That was their grounds by which they were going to, like, ask for, like, $3,000-some dollars back from me. (sighs) So they went after me for that amount. The arts council was like, you know, she finished her deliverables, like what I said I was going to do for the grant. I did before I moved. You know, I have evidence of it all, and so I I made it through the audit. You know, I'm an honest, hard worker, so it all worked out in the end. But you know, media who empathize with me, they would be like, you know, I'm sure you saw something like this coming, right? Because you made a game like this. And it's like, no. (laughs) No, I did not. It's like, who sees this coming? I figured there'd be some trolls who might like, you know, or maybe some people who support oil who might get their feathers ruffled. That's another term that the media like to use on this one quite a bit, I'm sure, because of the Thunderbird reference. So, like, you know, I was pretty sure that something like that would happen. But no, I did not expect a senator to be on national news distributed across like multiple states on Sunday night, referring to me as encouraging eco-terrorism. No. Oh my God. No. No. Uh-uh. No. Just- <laughs> levels of, of ignorance
2: demonstrated.
1: Well, they, get paid. they get paid to do this, right? I, I know. think that's the thing. And I was told that you know, what typically happens and has happened in Minnesota before, because taxes do go into those arts grants. This is a pattern that keeps reoccurring every few years. And they just pick a poster child, they just pick a project. And the scary thing of it is, is they didn't only try to go after me about the money, they were trying to use me to set a new precedent that any project that is about to be Given a grant by this particular funding stream, has to be approved by senators as well. Uh-huh. I knew you were going to say that. See that yeah. way they can that way they can police
0: and silence not only indigenous voices but any voice that doesn't any agree voice. with them, right? Any kinds of liberal voices or you know folks of color or queer voices or any of those oh, voices, yeah. because they can say, "Oh no no no, this doesn't fit our standards." Exactly. They can't have the money.
1: This doesn't relate to taxpayer money. He the thing that was hilarious is he said that this went to an out of state project and that it had no relation to Minnesota. And it's like, man, the waters of Minnesota are in the game. Of course, thankfully, Motherboard uh, Vice followed up with both the oil lobbyist, the lead guy there, as well as the senator. And they got quotes from them admitting that they had never played the game. And that was great. You know, that helped. Uh, considerably you know I was very grateful for that kind of work that was done there because and it was like yeah because I s- uh, suspected that that was the case but until you've like got it in an equally valid media venue you know
0: because Fox isn't going to ask those questions no, nah.
1: no of course not no they're going to be like oh yeah you know just look at it <laughs> and of <laughs> <Look. course>. they have <laughs> only Particular screenshots only the lightning coming down at the point obviously, you know And I just have to wonder like about the people who create these pieces right and and At what level how ethically detached do you need to be to play a little indie game like this and to know you know you would have to be able to realize that you can do other things in the game while you're playing but still to choose to only show it that one-sided, right? When you're playing the game through and you see there's both a destruction score and a restoration score, but you're not going to show those pieces. Like, those are the people I have to wonder about. It's just like, really? You know, this is your job, this is your work, and I'm just grateful every day that that is not the kind of person I am and that I don't surround myself with people like that. And the kind of work that I do is going to be about upholding the truth and, you know, our perspectives uh, and our stories. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that, you know, and that's the the beauty of this is that I do have the ability to express myself through games and comics because I've made equally edgy comics, you know, a lot of the comics that I do have some kind of theme like this in it where you're being led through a story and then at some point you realize, oh, this is actually about the chemical spills that were happening around Sarnia, Ontario, for example, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I involve community members, you know, their voices are in there. Um, and... I think that that's the piece of it, too, is that, you know, I'm not coming at this from top down. This is really about, you know, what do people want shared? And I will do yes. my best to make sure that that can happen in whatever way possible, right? Mm-hmm. And the next game I'm working on is an indigenous take on Oregon Trail, and it's with Uh-oh. a- prophet, Right? Yes. Like, yeah and then like super like uh, like from that generation our generation but like where we're at now so it's um that like Oregon Trail meets where the water tastes like wine which won a developer's choice award at IndyCade. it's a beautiful very narrative oriented game and uh by dim light bulb studios which also did gone home right yeah yeah, yeah. same group i and i loved that game i was a writer on it i was very grateful to be involved and so uh This new game I'm working on has tones of that. Uh, But the really amazing thing is, and challenging at the same time, this game has to be particularly accurate and very real uh, and very visceral because it accompanies curriculum. Like, it is really an educational game. Yes. But it is also related to the common core because they're already in schools. So they already have access to over 400,000 students. And this is a game that stands to potentially be deployed to over 400,000 youth across the States. That would be phenomenal.
0: That would be amazing. Okay. So let me tell you this, because it's it's funny because um, I homeschool my daughter.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Um, And uh, so it's fourth grade and it's fourth grade curriculum, Indiana common core um, says we have to do Indiana state history. Wow! Yeah. Um, so I'm like, really Indiana state history, because <laughs> Alicia, well, Alicia's been to some of the the local historical uh, <laughs> uh, activities around There's here the with big me. Big old scare quotes around the, you yeah, know, big old scare quotes around, you know, when they when they talk about, you know, how the indigenous folks of the Midwest kind of gave up everything because, right? Know, they because they wanted to, they freely gave it away and they freely did yeah. things, right? And uh, and, uh, and I remember we were at one, we were at Connor Prairie and Alicia was like, don't get us kicked out of here. Um, I was like, I'm gonna be good, I'm don't gonna be, be good out person.
2: Of like, we didn't, you know, we, I don't, well, we did drive that day. No, we, we rode drive. the bus, so we couldn't get kicked out. Right, it was like, <laughs> was like don't, get out. Out don't get us kicked
0: out. Don't get us kicked out. And oh, I was like, okay, deal. fine. So, but, um, so doing the Common Core and I was like, okay, so I I got like the Indiana standards the book and I was like okay so fine you know what no before we do this we're going to talk about whose land this was cool yeah before white folks came in and stole it yeah right yeah. so we went through and we did we did and we're still working on cuz we're kind of cheating because <laughs> you know I, you know my kids got a mother like me um uh, so <laughs> we're we're still working on talking about indigenous folks not only of this area but across the united states um so you know we've been playing small kind of uh small games made by indigenous folks and like you were talking about like the art of the woodlands woodlands folks i was like see my kid is going to totally love this because we've been doing that because she sees everything through art yeah right um and we've been talking about now our new the thing we've been talking about a lot lately because she kind of lashed onto it is the Trail of Tears. Um, and we're in Indiana. So we've got these we've got these landmarks that mark the Trail of Tears, but they don't say anything about the actual Trail of Tears, but they're like, here's the landmark for the Trail of Tears, right? And kids yeah. are like, oh yay, Trail of Tears. Yeah, so, wow. They're <laughs> like, my, my
1: kid is like, do people realize how fucked up this is? I want to know. They, wanna know. They realize that like the land is indented in those places because so many people had to walk that, and how many people yes. died on that trail? You yes. know, like it changed the land. Like the amount of people that had to walk that changed how the land looks. Exactly. So, you know, so
0: we've been, you know, we've been talking about it and and talking about, you know, what this means for the land um, as well as going through and talking about the real story. Uh, And her big question is, why do they lie to kids in public school? (laughs)
2: Right. Yeah, we do, we have that same conversation because my son will come home and he'll be like, "Here's what we learned in school today," and I'm like, "Oh, honey." Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, you're about to give me one of those lectures, aren't
1: you?" Are you right. Me, like, all
2: the real
1: stuff. I'm like, "Yes, exactly. please sit down. You may take notes if you'd like." Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, my son is that kid who, you know, it's not so much for me. Like, I'm I'm not that intense, despite you know making a game which encourages eco-terrorism, apparently, as I've been accused of. <laughs> like, I'm not actually really that intense, um, but my, my mom, you know, like, I mean, yeah. definitely <laughs> grandma and grandma stories and grandma will lay it out in ways you were like, yes, like, oh my, like a little like, okay, maybe not yet. You know what I mean? But whatever, like it's been done and my son is very well aware. And so. My son is the kid who, like, last year was okay because they've started to change Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day in a nearby city, and so they're trying, and, you know, they do, it's more insidious, like, they do things where uh, the homework about Native people says that they were, you know, were once and they did do this. And then my son will go through the assignments and he'll mark out all of the past <laughs> tense. Yeah. And write it as present tense. Like he does. So he'll do subversive things like that. But I, when he was a little bit younger, you know, I think like seven, something around that he came into school on Columbus day and he had just lost it that they had been talking about Columbus, all this kind of stuff. And they had to do an assignment, like imagining, Like, you know, do an imaginary fictional thing about Columbus. Uh And so he wrote and drew a story that he turned into a time-traveling cyborg so that he could go back in time and shoot Columbus in the face. (laughs) Yes! Yes! And so this was the homework he turned in. And his teacher was like... You know, maybe a little bit concerned, but then also kind of like, Well, what can I do? You know, like I don't think he'd ever dealt with this before. And I was just like, Well, yeah, that's right. You know, like <laughs> I think I think he has a valid point there, you know, and, and he was very much about like he would shoot him in the face before he let everybody else in on. <laughs> Like coming (laughs) over here, you know, it was calculated. It wasn't just like, I just want to kill this guy. It was like, I'm going to stop the apocalypse from happening. This is my mission in life. And so, you know, uh, that is the kind of person I want to reach. And then I also want to reach all of the youth who do like have no idea what's really going on. And so this Mm -hmm. um, that I'm working on now actually deals with uh, the 1890s around the time of the allotment act. And when, you know, by then treaties were being broken left and right, but they started dividing up lands. The idea was like, Oh, we're going to like separate land and give it to individuals. And Mm that will certainly go to you, but also guess what? Your lands are being reduced like drastically right now as a huge shift for a lot of communities. A lot of communities like started being forced more so onto one reservation. And so, You know, you play as a family starting off in Minnesota and you travel all the way to the coast, um, to California, you know, displaced and trying to find somewhere to be and finding other communities that have been displaced on the way. And then when you come back, this is the part that's edgy and I have to figure out, but I'm going to tell you what I would love to do with it and then we'll see what actually happens, what I'm allowed to get away with, right? When it turns around. But I want to, if you make it all the way out to California, you can do this little bit of a time travel thing and generations later play the game again, only the other oh. direction.
0: Oh, wow. that'd be amazing. I thought you were going to say you time travel and you go back and shoot Columbus in the face.
1: That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> That's why some version of the game. Everybody's like, Mom, where do you shoot Columbus in the face? I'm like, I'm sorry. It's clearly your game. You're the level designer here. You're going to out. <laughs> you know? But yeah, so you're going to come back only you're going to have a car and you're on the powwow trail and you get to hear all this like, you know, contemporary music from indigenous musicians today and ride your way on back and visit with communities and see kind of where they're at now, what the community centers are like now and kind of get into trouble along the way. Uh, But it's also going to have very clear messages about how the threat to privatize indigenous land today parallels the allotment act and
0: Absolutely.
1: the military. yeah okay cuz this so- is happening right now you know so so these issues are like very real for us i think and and the pipelines are too you know i mean embridge uh, this is i started having nightmares as all this stuff was going on with thunderbird strike and one of the nightmares i had that was actually hilarious is like i'm in court And there's some kind of entity that I guess represents oil, because it was just like this shadowy figure, some kind of like oil lobbyist. And I'm there, and then like he's there. And at some point, I lose my shit, and I yell, I'm not illegal, you're illegal. (laughs) And I like point (laughs) at this guy. And I realized like, yeah, because the whole point is like a lot of why they're trying to silence me and shut me down is because Embridge has not been reporting when the line five has been in need of repairs. They have not been following through. They are years past due on this. And, you know, this should not be happening.
0: They don't want to draw attention to themselves, yeah, but they, they don't want anyone to, to draw them. attention to them.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so that was the huge piece of this. And I don't know if it's over, you know what I mean? Because now the mobile launch is happening and now more and more and more people will be able to see it. Because, yeah. I mean, before like it was on PC, it's not really meant, that wasn't really the main deployment of it. Um, I did it that way so that it would be very accessible at Imaginative Film and Media Arts Festival. And then it won the Digital Media Award, which is awesome. I was yes, very... it is that, that award means the most out of like anything in my life ever. Like I can tell you right now, nothing will ever top that. That's the most meaningful thing to me, you know, because that's, that's my community, you know, that those are people I respect and I care about very deeply. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that's the context for that festival. And so that means the most to me let me ask
0: you a question yeah have have you played and they should know something i'm probably going to mention this game because i love this game and i've been playing the hell out of it for like the last year have you played mafia (laughs) 3 no so and you were mentioning like the the time travel portion of your game mafia 3 does a very interesting thing with the radio oh uh, so when you're in a car oh uh, you you listen to the, you can hear the radio. So sometimes it's music and yeah. sometimes they're talk shows oh. uh, and there's also like news broadcasts. So they're talking because the, the game takes place in 1968 in uh, New Bordeaux, which is New Orleans, right? Yeah. So it takes place in the, the American South in 1968 and they're talking About these fictionalized stories, but they're stories, of course, that you can recognize as regular occurrences in the South in the 1960s. Yeah, right. Exactly. But the way that the stories parallel to what's Mm -hmm. actually going on in the world today. Cool. Like the same kinds of, the same kinds of treatment of people of color uh, by, by, uh, by police, Uh, the same kinds of the same kinds of murders, the same kinds of things that are, that are going on when we start thinking about people of color. Yeah. When the first time I, I, the first time I noticed it and it struck me, it hit me hard. Right. Um, and, the, there are there are only there are a few things that will make me cry in games, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and 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 these are things that always hit hard. Um, and I'm not gonna cry this time, though, see y'all, because I I, <laughs> I have a bad habit of we'll start talking about we'll start talking about, we'll start talking about brown and black bodies dying in the streets, and then I start crying on the podcast.
2: Right.
1: Right. Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> Surprise! What to to cavalier about? I mean, it's all very real, right? I'm yeah. going to check this out because that was the idea: is that you're in a car, you're on the powwow trail, and that you know there's a you're just changing, uh, you know, a, probably I guess more like a stream, really, probably mm-hmm. from something like. I mean, I shouldn't say this because I don't have a partnership with them yet, but like uh, RPM FM distributes all indigenous music. A really great resource for that, and so you know, that was the idea is to be sort of randomized and that you as the player could pick what you're listening to by sorting through things. And I, I love that idea. I mean, it could be like podcasts or something like that. And you're listening mm-hmm. to these podcasts that are happening as well. That would be an interesting layer to include. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, uh a game like this could be deployed to schools but then will also be like on the indie market right you know so there will be layers to this there might be people who can spend more time playing it than maybe you know people that are in a classroom setting are going to have the time for right like it'll have modules everything's gonna you know connect to curriculum and to to what's really been happening what has happened uh you know and I'm really excited about it. It's still going to be 2D, you know. It's going to be a simple kind of game because that's where I'm at, and that's where I want to be at. I'm also experimenting with virtual reality, and you know, starting to look into doing more 3D modeling kind of stuff like that, right? And uh, uh, doing like real world footage uh, using 360 camera. And all of that's going to be more my quirky stuff. Because I have this whole other kind of strand of work that is not understandable at all. (laughs) Not necessarily anyway. You know, and it it relates a lot to star teachings and uh, to nonlinear stories and, you know, all of these parts of me that you know, will be able to be revealed more and more and more, uh, as people are talking more and sharing these kinds of stories more. And so I'm excited about those spaces too. But like, first and foremost, I want to go for accessibility. You know, I think that was the thing about Thunderbird strike too, is like, I want to make games like that, that are more mobile oriented so that as many people as possible can play it. And then the programmer, Adrian Cheater has been amazing. I mean, she's just been like, she's a weekend warrior on this basically, and has not been paid. Like she's phenomenal. And she was so gracious about everything all along the way. And, uh, yeah, I just like, I can't even put into words how amazing it has been to work with her on this. Mm -hmm. And I got this email from this grandma who was like, oh, is there any chance you'll have this on Linux? <laughs> and I was Aww. like, oh, my gosh, this is like it. So, like, in the midst of, like, crazy phone calls and whatever, weird death threats and creepy things going on and all this and being audited and and whatnot, you know, that email, like, pulled me out of everything. Like, that was it. That was the message. And I was like, yes, I'll do what I can, you know, so I ran <laughs> And Adrian's been working on it. It seems like we'll probably have a Linux version out. And if, you know, I won't say when, but fairly soon, you know, so awesome. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what it's about is like being responsive to people and, and finding out if people want a certain thing, trying to make that possible. And so if somebody wants it on Linux, you know, play a little like 15 minute game. Awesome. That's the sweetest thing to me.
2: I just wanted to say, that it's always really nice. And we really only hear it when we talk to indie developers. No offense to people who work for bigger studios. <laughs> um, to hear somebody say like, oh, hey, I give a shit about my audience and their experience. And I understand that they're not all the same person. Yeah. Yeah. Access. It's nice.
1: Right. And that's the thing is it's like, I appreciate And I appreciate I that, and you. Aw, thank you i appreciate you too well you know being here and having this conversation and just like thinking about how you know i made the game easy on purpose because my primary audience is actually indigenous people and that's that's it so like maybe or maybe they have not ever played a game before there's a whole other kind of community that i have And what I've been doing with my work is kind of like introducing them to different genres through my work. So Invaders, you know, is an arcade game. And then this is a side-scroller. And then the games will kind of rank up gradually over time. Because I'm not just going to go make a console game. You know, that's not going to reach my family members. So, (laughs) Yeah. That's what it's all about. And then, you know, maybe they'll get interested in checking out more games too. That'd be really cool. And then, of course, there are other people that there's a lot of, um, they refer to themselves as nerds, <laughs> <laughs> And the Indigenous, indigenous Comic Con, which is fairly new, but it's mm-hmm. run by um, Native Realities Press and Lee Francis, who, you know, owns and operates all of that. It's a big deal that they've been doing that the last two years. And so there's, you know, definitely an audience there. But for the most part, like when I'm at a place like that, I want to ask people, what do you want to make? You know, it's not it's not about me and it's not about me pitching myself. Yeah. It's just like, what can I do to help you get access? You know, what do you want to do? Mm hmm. I want to play more
2: games, and I want to read. Well, I do want to say too that you know one of my th- this idea that, that that giving people like a gateway into into, into games that that they can access that interests interests them that pulls them in that's something that I did a project on before, and it's something I'm going to put in my dissertation. I'm going to do a study, and I think it's really important, right? Like there's a whole section of the of the potential market for games that we're just ignoring.
1: Cool. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And I hope to see more like that. That's really cool that you're doing research on that.
0: It's always the big question of who gets left out or who gets pushed out (laughs) or who gets pushed out more than left out.
1: Yeah, yes, definitely. Definitely. Yes. And it's an accessibility thing for sure. It's in, in terms of money. And that's why my work is free. You know, I went, And I worked really hard to get a Ph.D. and I worked really hard to get myself to a place where someone would take a chance on making me a professor. (laughs) (laughs) You know, thank you, Michigan State University, (laughs) for giving me that chance, you know, and really for the reason That this way, when I'm working on a project, I can pay people up front and we don't need to make decisions based on sales. We don't need to like, you know, I guess like compromise our messages or our art styles or our particular perspectives to make sure that it's like palatable to a wider audience. Because I've been a consultant on way too many games that have gone that way, you know, where at some point I'm like, no, you know, it wouldn't go this way. This is how it is in the stories. And at some point, some, you know, lead says, yeah, but we need this to sell. And so this is the way it's going to be. And Mm -hmm. I am really grateful that I've gotten myself into a situation where I don't have to compromise anymore. And I'm really looking forward to like the next few years of work. Because really, like, I've only had one full year of this plus this semester that's been it it's only been like less than a year and a half so i have no idea what might even happen now you know
0: cool i am so excited i'm so excited to see i'm excited about your current body of work let me put it that way i'm also super excited to see everything that's going to come later thanks
1: yeah i'm always all about that that's what's terrible about it is like you know and this is why it's good i don't Rely on sales I am not good at promoting my work Let me tell you, I'm like, I made it, and now I'm moving on <laughs> And that's what's so hard About games, this is why I work on comics too Because the games, oh man, they just Drag out so bad <laughs> uh, A comic, you're gonna be like, alright It's a thing There. Well, now, let me just say this
0: You you have a problem promoting your work, you know what I am happy to promote your work For you In the best way I possibly Thank can Thank
1: you we're here for you <laughs> I, yeah that's i need it i'll tell you what thank you
0: because it's amazing oh
1: um so
0: i think we've just about covered all the talking points we had cool. so um the big questions that we have the big question that we have is always the last question Ooh. um and that is um so We didn't ask questions, questions, but we had talking points. So if there was one thing that you would have wanted to talk about that wasn't like on our list of things
1: to cover (laughs) for today, what would that thing have been? Oh man, you know, I think we started to talk about it earlier on. So we we did talk about it like off the scene a little bit, right, backstage. In the backstage <laughs> <laughs>
0: and the pregame,
1: the pre yeah you know, the preamble. uh Really talking about how important it is if you're going to represent a particular community in your game to directly involve them, and that doesn't mean just being like, yeah. "Here's the consultants," <laughs> you know. Great. You have one consultant to represent an entire community. That is a starting point. I understand, you know, <coughs> sorry, right. right. <laughs> Assassin's Creed III, you know, I mean, yes. and, but that was a step, right? It was a step that needed to happen. Thank you for taking that step and for involving a consultant, but it needs to be taken a step further. We need to actually build capacity for communities so that they can determine games themselves and that they can be developers as well. And that's what I want to see. I want to see when you involve someone and you want to represent them, you bring them into the studio, you give them hands-on work. They are actually genuinely a part of the team and not just like someone on the outskirts that you only talk to every once in a while. And then essentially yes. you give the, you give the higher paid work to somebody else in house. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. That
0: was, that was, like yeah. I said, like you said, Assassin's Creed three, right. Was, was one that definitely did that yeah. or, or, or another game that I wanted to like, because until I, until I did more research, cause I, I'm horrible. I want to know who I'm giving my money to, yeah. um, was infamous second son when mm-hmm. they were like, Oh, so we don't really want to like talk to, uh, indigenous folks in the Pacific Northwest yep. about anything. We're just going to make all this shit up. And yep. then we're going to, we're going to, we're going to change the name slightly mm-hmm. so that it is reminiscent of this tribe, but is not this tribe.
1: Yeah. Right? And, and then we're going to run with evidence, it. You know, like you can see some of the art. Yes. Communi- this community signs, right. The community center sign parallels to what they worked on. So like, you know, that's even a level of laziness. It's like, you're really directly appropriating, but then not crediting, right? It's because it does take a while to involve indigenous communities and they're often council processes. And I respect that, I have mad respect for this. And um, I'm both uh, Anishinaabeg and Machif, but I have also collaborated with many different communities, including coastal communities. And I have come into situations where like on the gift of food board game, you know, I worked on that game for a year and a half and it was determined that that game should stay within the community. It was by the community for the community only. And it was not actually going to go on shelves, you know, and that was not, what i thought was going to happen when we first started developing it but that was the decision that the community made over time and that's fine you know like Mm -hmm. cool but what they did do though they were protecting land and plant knowledge and food knowledge right and so i have mad respect for that like that is a very important piece of this work is to have respect but game companies who are trying to make money can't necessarily take that risk and i understand that right right but that's why we need to look at alternative models for well, at the same time. Teams. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we, we need alternative models. Like you yeah. can't just have one model. You have to do it, you know, the, have different kinds of development processes, you know, for for every situation. And so, you know, respect is also really key there. Yeah. And I understand that piece of it. I think that, you know, ultimately, though the thing that was so amazing about working on the gift of food is that the community wants other communities to have the mechanics and the design. They want them to have access to those pieces of it and that they put in their own Uh, you know, plant knowledge, food knowledge, you know, land and relationality into their work. And so they let me share that piece of it, you know, and I got to write about that. I get to talk about it and share those pieces in order to empower other communities to do their own self-determined work. And certainly they can come up with their own design as well, uh, but they were really, you know, providing and encouraging. So it's even then, you know, it's still about sharing. It's just sharing in ways that are safe because, you know, People will come in and think that because they've learned something that they have a right to something and, you know, we can't take any more of those kinds of risks. And so I have respect uh, when I'm working in those kinds of communities. So, yeah, I think that's really important to me, you know, and it could be with any kind of community, any, you know, and two spirit people, especially as well. You know, I don't think that anyone should be making representations of two spirit people without involving them. And again, building capacity for them. You know, this is not just like people are just, you know, a character plot point, you know, actually involve people and and get them support in their lives, right? And give them the ability to be able to create on their own at some point if that's what they want to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um like, I said, okay. So, I want to say this now. <laughs> you can come back, or you can come back and talk to us anytime you want um, about all of your work. Um, we've talked about we talked about third and first Strike today. Mm-hmm. You can come back and talk about comics. You can talk, come back and talk about. Um, you can come back and talk about your board games. You can come back and talk about your next game. You can come back and talk about anything you want because you were an empty talk
1: About your Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> I mean, really, whatever. Yeah. We'll just hang tell us home. what kind
0: of coffee you had today, whatever you want to come in back and talk to us about. You we'll want... all get selfie
1: together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Like a there we go, yep. somewhere. We'll <laughs> <laughs> be in the bush. I'll be like, I got this, I've got a bow. Everything's
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> you come play games with us,
1: whatever you want to do. Right <laughs> on. Yeah, you might actually get me like roped in again, right? The holidays are coming up, I'm in a development lull, and there's Mixer. Now I know.
0: <laughs> yep. see? I'm telling you, anytime <laughs> come hang out. I would love to, you know, what's what's interesting, you said you mentioned that is that um I'm always because I'm I'm big. One of the reasons that I'm I'm on I've been streaming on Mixer is that I'm doing research on um, like content creation streamers more specifically oh. and representation. Um, and I've been streaming off and on for years, but Twitch had gotten so toxic that I had
1: stopped. Yeah.
0: Um, and then, um, another podcaster who's also a partner streamer at Mixer now, um, her name's Jen and she's on Girl Tribe Gaming, um, came on our show and we were talking about it and she was like, well, you should come over on Mixer and give it a try. Um, and that pulled me in. Um, cool. but in terms of talking about representation and thinking about representation, I spend a lot of the, a lot of my time on Mixer when I'm watching other streamers, cool. um, not only not only watching streamers that I know, but watching streamers like looking like scoping out streamers, scoping out streamers of colors, a uh, color of colors of color. Um, the, the, that that big cup of wine is catching up with me. Uh, and and even we there's a there's a pretty good body. No, I won't say that. That's a lie. There's a growing body of indigenous streamers as well, right? Oh. Nice. And to, to drop in and just like talk to them. Right. Right. Like, because, you know, I like to talk to folks, um, talking to folks is my thing. Um, But like, I've had interesting conversations with folks. I mean, who are just there to stream, right. You know, they're, yeah. they're not, you know, they're not academics. They're not game critics. They're just folks who are streaming, um, who who are indigenous, and and right, just like to like have conversations, and then they'll they'll start talking about the games that they're playing, and they'll start talking. We'll have these conversations about reclaiming language, right? We'll start having these conversations about about kind of culture and worldviews, and and those are the kind of conversations that I really want to be able to have with people. Yeah. Right. Because um, if we're going to play games that have all kinds of fucked up representations of us as people, mm. right. We should be able to talk about those representations. Absolutely. Right. Without being trolled about it on the internet.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So right on. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, anytime you want to come hang out on mixer. Thank you. And thank you for having me here too. I mean, it's been a long time coming to get to this place and even like to live in a place where I can do this, you know, and like stream with you and be, you know, and have like internet access where I can actually do this. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a thing, you know, it's a moment. So it's really cool to be here.
0: Amazing. So um, I, we're not going to keep you all night. <laughs> So yeah, again, like I said, you you have an open invitation to come back whenever you would like to talk about whatever you would like to talk about. Thanks. Um, so I'm going to say that with that, that will bring us to the end of episode 165. Me <laughs> um, and until we make it to episode 166. I know it's almost it's the end of the year. Wow. Um mm-hmm. Uh, Alicia's like, mm-hmm, so don't start talking about 166 yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so until we go talk, we get together for episode 166, friends, be um, good to one another, and uh, stay warm, stay dry, because, we, we, you know, you guys have had a lot of snow in Michigan. We missed it, dang it. And as always, my friends, game on.